Welcome to the Family, the Law and You podcast, where we aim to break down barriers and make family law more accessible. Family, the law and you. Hello and welcome to season two, episode seven of our podcast, Family, the Law and You, with myself, Stephanie Bell Chambers, head of the family department at Bisco Solicitors. And joined with me as usual is Lisa Gatchell, Associate Solicitor at Bisco's. And we are so, so excited to have with us today Tosh Britton, the divorce goddess, divorce life coach and therapist and qualified mindfulness teacher. Welcome, Tosh. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. It always <laughs> makes me laugh when people go the divorce goddess because it only ever started up as divorce goddess, like a big sort of like community. And uh, and now people keep going, come on, just own it. So yeah, thank you. I, I love it, though. How did you come up with that name? Um, well, there was a, a lovely lady who used to be in the kitchen. And I remember thinking, um, and the goddess around that and I remember thinking divorce goddess and I kind of went for a walk with my dogs thinking dare I dare I even go and do it and uh, and I was being interviewed for um, I think it was ITV and the cameraman said that is a very smart name yeah. but it yeah, took a bit brilliant. of a leap of faith but I think anything in life you you have to take that leap of faith and just go I'm just going to go with it and see what happens so you have to it's bold but it's brilliant <laughs> thank you <laughs> so so how did you get into it because I think you you started off more in terms of the mindfulness and then I think it looked like you branched off more into mm. the divorce coaching tell us a bit about that so um I uh my ex and I split up in 2012 and then in 2014 um, we were a bit sort of slow to get going with everything on the divorce. In 2014, I got a call one night and he said, I don't know if I can pay the rent and all our finances. We pretty much were going bankrupt at the same time as well, though it wasn't linked. And I remember sitting at my kitchen table one evening going, what a, like this is another fine mess you got yourself into. What are you going to do? And I just thought I cannot be the only person who's thinking or going through this. So I just thought I'm going to write. Um, and I just started blogging and somebody helped me set up a blog and I've got about 100,000 hits ended up on TV within six weeks and and I just thought oh just go with it just blog um, and and everyone was like you're so cool with everything going on and and I just thought I'm going to also um, I'm just going to uh, train to be a mindfulness teacher as well because it really helped me and uh, it sort of helped me uh, sort of not fret so much about the future and worry about the past. And, you know, we can kind of get into such a, a, a doodah about it, if you like. And uh, and I just thought I've got to be there and present for my children. I've got to be there and present for myself. And, you know, you've got to get yourself out of this. And, and I also decided as well at the same time that I was going to do it with kindness and compassion because uh, I'd been a child of divorced parents and I was just I, I don't know I just thought I, I'm quite stubborn I just thought I don't want to fight you know I'm kind of all done with fighting and arguing and I just thought what if every situation I looked at it and I flipped it um, and I did it with kindness no matter what was coming at me um, and I just hold I just anchor into if you like the whole kindness and compassion aspect because ultimately, 
you know, if you go off on one and you argue, end up, you just end up beating yourself up for, you know, saying the wrong thing or why did I do that? And I just thought I didn't want to feel any worse than I was feeling. So it kind of ticked all the boxes as well. So, um, and then people just started talking to me about their divorces and, uh, and they just, they walked away and they saved money um, and they didn't argue so much and they felt better and their co-parenting was better. And uh, yeah, then I just started a life coaching course as well. So I can really kind of help clients moving forward as well after their divorce. Amazing. So you had, was it quite an acrimonious divorce? Uh, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> there was potential. It was really funny because um, really good friends of ours literally just said, oh my goodness me, we were going to run for the hills with you two because you're two quite big personalities. Um, and we, I just thought, no, I'm not going to give everybody what they're expecting. And that was the stubborn bit. And my ex also, I just said to him, listen, I'm not going to, I'm, I, I want to do this with kindness and really want to set an intention because he was also a child of divorced parents. And let's, let's do this. Let's see if this is a, a project sort of, you know, let's project manage our way out of this, which appealed to him because it was less emotional. Um, and, you know, let's, let's try and do this as best as we can um, and have something good come out of it. Because also what we didn't want to do was, and I'll speak for myself, is, you know, I didn't want to be like my parents who still don't speak to each other 30 years later. And, you know, it's like yeah. that just you've got grandchildren and it's like it's not good for anyone, is it? It's not. No. It's not. And I just didn't want to be that person who people ask me about my divorce and it all comes out and it just kind of it just feels sad, actually. So I'm. When I'm working with people, I'm very determined that they don't um, become that person that nobody really wants to be when they come through no. a divorce. So it's great that you had that insight during your divorce and now you're using that to help other people go through theirs because they yeah. can feel so many different emotions, whether it's vulnerable or entrenched or upset, because we often find that the two parties are in a different position emotionally you know, one's potentially made the decision already that the marriage is at an end, but the other one hasn't quite got there because they're, mm. they're further behind with their emotions. They're playing catch up. Yeah, which, which makes it really, really hard. Mm. But that's well, why... Just... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, so when, when you've got somebody that perhaps, because um, I love what you say about dealing with, with it with kindness um, and absolutely brilliant. And sometimes though, we certainly find that one party is, more, you know, they really want an amicable, amicable divorce, but the other party is just incredibly hostile, um, controlling of the situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I find myself saying to clients that whatever we do, we can't change them. We can't change their, mm -hmm. their personality or how, how they come at it. All we can do is look at how we're dealing with it. What advice would you give to somebody that was in that position? where they've got somebody on this other side that that is almost at loggerheads with them yeah so I, I kind of I ask people to be quite brave actually um and I ask them to have a conversation or to write a letter or an email to them and just say listen can we just get through this I'm I 
don't want to fight with you, almost set an intention together. You know, how do we want to see ourselves at the end of this and through this with children as well? Um, you know, do we want to be there for our children's big birthdays or, you know, or births, deaths and marriages or whatever, uh, family functions, you know, how, you know, can we, can we find some way and, and actually committing, if you want to have an amicable divorce, actually just saying, I want to have an amicable divorce. I want to get us, help support us, get us through this. And actually just be vulnerable, I guess. Um, because after all, it's, it's all blown up anyway. And if you could just actually just say and just try it and just say, well, listen, this is what I'm going to do. You can either join me or not, but... You know, I always talk about this uh, mantra is like, you will not have my anger. And actually to sort of, you know, have that in your mind, even though somebody's being, you know, um, very sort of, uh, sort of argumentative or deliberately vindictive or whatever, or troubles, whatever it is, is to actually just, just hold your own, that if you want to be amicable, is to manage yourself and I talk about this sort of backyard theory as well so not hanging out in your ex's backyard and their drama and whatever else is going on and just make sure you keep yourself and your well-being and your mental emotional well-being obviously in um in a good place because you can't do anything about what anybody else is doing but you have absolute full ownership of yourself yeah, absolutely. So it's having that affirmation that you don't want to give away something that you don't want to give away, like your anger. Don't do that. Keep mm. keep that to yourself because that's yours and you don't have to give that away. Mm. What if though you're feeling stressed and anxious about everything that's going on? How can you change your mindset there to make yourself feel better or more positive about the situation when you feel like everything is bleak, whether the family home may or may not be sold and you don't know how you feel about that and the children are going to have to move or and you're feeling so stressed and worried how can you control that well um we did have to move our children and we did have to sell the family home we did have to do all of the things so i really understand you know i truly have felt it and lived through it and hit the wall and everything had all these conversations um i think the one thing that I would advise is, is that you either get some therapy or you, you get a coach or, or you, um, you start putting into place practices that can support you emotionally and mentally. And mindfulness worked for me. It was, it was my, you know, I, I do share very openly that one day I dropped my children off at school, came back and halfway through um, a cup of tea, I literally started crying and I just locked myself in the downstairs toilet for about six hours and I didn't come out. Um, and I just thought, you've got to really sort yourself out because anxiety and stress is just, you're going to get ill and then you're going to be really not in a good place for your children. So um, I would say that, you know, if you can manage your emotional and mental well-being, like you can get out and like do some exercise, um, you can just do some simple breathing exercises. You can do some journaling as well. So getting all your thoughts out on onto paper rather than them going round and round in your head as well. Um, have friends that you can see who are not going to sort of charge the situation with, 
you know, like anger and hatred and just fueling all of that as well. I think that's really important. You have your good balanced friends who are friends perhaps with both of you and who are willing to stay friends with both of you and support you through this. Um, and, uh, and just, I, I think it's knowing that it's just one day, just take one day at a time. Um, I you used can't to see that far in the future, can you? You can't no. and I think I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and I think that's one of the really big things is people, you know, they get kind of very upset about worried about money and, and what's going to happen, where am I going to live? And those are all real fears. And that, you know, of course you're going to worry, especially, you know, we're getting older. Well, I, I was getting older and I was like, what's going to happen? You know, it's like pensions, like, oh my goodness me. Mm-hmm. Um, people were saying to me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I just thought, I am just going to take one day at a time and I'm going to trust that where I am now is not necessarily where I'm going to be in the future. Yeah, that's really important. Mm. Because otherwise I think it can be really overwhelming, can't it? And we find that with first appointments. Clients come in and they they want to know every possible, you know, what happens if this happens? What happens if he does that? What happens if she does this? Mm. and you think I completely get it I completely understand that that need for to to know all of the answers um but we're not able to provide all of those answers and it is a case of taking it one step at a time um you know one foot in front of the other let's let's do step Mm. one first and then we'll move on to what might happen at step two yeah and I and that sort of links in with the sort of you know managing stress and anxiety and emotions because if you're living in your head and I don't think you see me, I'm not filming, but you know, if you're in your head all the time, worrying, catastrophizing, it's just going to ramp up. Um, well, there is more potential for conflict because you're in such a sort of a high, you know, fight, flight, freeze mode that you're going to be saying those things that you perhaps wouldn't necessarily have wanted to have said. And, um, yeah it's 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 a it's you know it's definitely the second most painful difficult human experience um because your whole world is blown apart it's you know i kind of liken it to alice in wonderland you know you fall down this rabbit hole nothing is as it seems anymore um and it's worth definitely if it's it's not your choice it's it's even worse isn't it if you haven't chosen to be in that situation So how does your divorce coaching mm. work? You have these one-to-one sessions. Do you have a set number so, of sessions? So I do a, a two-hour session. So I get quite a lot of information before people sit down with me. And we just go through all the parts that they're particularly worried about. And it is... Um, it's really interesting, actually. I mean, commercially, I'm not sure it's great, but in a two-hour session, it's a, a very, very useful session. And I just think people need to know they have a plan to look after themselves. And I'm really all about empowering your, empowering sort of clients to feel stronger and to really grow that that um, that fire within them, not to go in and into battle, but just to really own their experience as well. Um, so I work a lot with that. I also have a six month and a three month program. So people can either see me bi-weekly or weekly for a short amount of time or monthly. Um, and, you know, as you both know as well, no divorce is the same. And, and sometimes people really surprise themselves and sometimes they just need that, that step 
to to know that what they're feeling emotionally is okay and to actually turn all the positives that they have that may have forgotten about along the way and and through the last couple of years or months or whatever um that they feel they've lost and they just need to be reminded so that's where that's why i call it divorce life coaching because actually your divorce i see your divorce is like the foundation for your future which is why i feel it's really important all the work is done yeah and i think you probably have the biggest benefit from your job like we do where you see people right at the beginning mm. and they're really struggling they're in a desperate yeah. time in their lives but then you'll see them at the end of six months or or nine months whatever it is and you'll see a totally different person they're more relaxed their shoulders are down they're so much happier because they just you know they can see that light at the end of the tunnel and they're in it and they're enjoying it more than perhaps they ever thought or imagined they would do, would have done at the beginning of their relationship or marriage breakdown and, and they're owning it the big, yeah is, they and you just go wow look at you how amazing are you and that and that's that's the lovely stuff about you know the work we do you know you with the obviously the legal side and me with the emotional and mental side so I always talk actually about um your ex isn't uh sorry your divorce is not about your ex it is about you Um, And it really is your experience and how you own it, Um, no matter what is happening. And and I just wanted a caveat. The kindness thing is all about, um, um, oh goodness, it just dropped out of my head. Um, The kindness thing is, is not about you being a doormat either. It's not about you just rolling over and letting somebody walk over you. It's just actually how you want to you know, how much emotional baggage do you want to take into your future, so. And how you conduct yourself, because it's yeah, far better to be kind to someone than to be angry towards them. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can be anything in this world, be kind. I love that, yes. It's exactly. amazing, yeah. I love it. I think we should all be wearing a badge like that because you should treat people how you want to be treated. Mm. If you treat them with anger or painful words, you're likely to get that back, aren't you? And I guess that's kind of like my mission is there is another way to do this. You know, the, you know, people say divorce and immediately it's like the battle, it's the war, it's the and I just I won't have any of that talk in any of the sessions because actually the more energy we give to that, the more we focus on that, the more it kind of grows it. And actually it's about, you know, focusing on the really positive mm. stuff and just looking forward. And um I liken it to that sort of um so your divorce is like a big furrowed plowed up field with the different furrows and each part of it is another furrow and you can't walk around the outside because that's kind of cheating you've got to go over the furrows and do the work um and some days you know you have mud on your boots and it's heavy and then other days the mud gets kicked off if you've ever walked in a muddy field and you go oh my boots don't have any mud on it's all dropped off and so you have these wonderful days but at the end of this field on the other side is this beautiful verdant glorious wonderful valley mm. and and you know it's focusing on that um and yeah obviously yeah because otherwise if if you're focusing on all the all the negatives all the time you almost run the risk as well of creating a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. where you know you think your divorce is going to be awful and argumentative and therefore that's exactly what it becomes yeah. because that's where you're putting all of your energy mm. um the other thing I really wanted to have a chat to you about is so I've seen your on your Instagram. We live fairly local. And on your Instagram, I've seen you doing uh, cold water swimming. 
And that's obviously blown up quite a bit over lockdown. It's become a really popular thing to do. And there's been lots of talk about the mental Mm. health benefits and the physical benefits. Um, So I just wonder if you wouldn't mind giving, you know, as to why you, how long you've been doing it, what benefits you find that it provides to you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, about two years ago, I was kind of as part of my mindfulness practice I go and take myself off for a week somewhere and I'm very quiet and I just kind of meditate a lot and and last time I was at a friend's house in Cornwall back in 2019 beginning in January and it was a beautiful day and I just thought god and I kind of been hearing about this guy called Wim Hof and I've been following mm-hmm. him for a couple of years and I just thought just come on get over yourself and just go into the sea do some breathing and I remember going in there, and literally, my monkeys were screaming, going, get out, get out, run, run, what are you doing, what are you doing? You said it was January, right? Yeah, January the 6th. <laughs> so you were just my... easing yourself in. <laughs> yeah, but it was funny, because I grew up in the highlands of Scotland, so I used to do a lot of cold water swimming there when I was younger. And then we lived in the Middle East, and, and I kind of got over it, I kind of got out of the habit, Anyway, and I got in and I just felt so incredible afterwards. My skin was soft, it was tingling, I felt alive, I felt so invigorated and I felt really empowered. It was like, wow. Um, And I used to get cold a lot as well. So I'd always find myself sort of having lots of hot baths and, and now I probably go maybe a couple of times a week and you see some fantastic sunrises. I've been swimming when it's dusk and you just get into the water um, and there's a lovely community on the beach and literally I it just knocks it all out of you if you've got anything going on in your head that you're ruminating about and it's just you leave it in the sea and you just feel great I can't Mm. and actually I was I was I was photographed for a big major Sunday newspaper that's coming out, I think, in the next couple of weeks on mental health. And I, I was photographed in, like, yeah, in the sea about really about a week ago. So, um, oh, amazing. I'm a massive Wim Hof fan. Are and, you? Oh. Yes. I've started out on the cold showers, so I haven't gone straight to the sea. I'm just going very gradually. So I'm up to a minute and a half, which for me, I think is great because mm. I'm a cold person all the time. I'm always really, really cold. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the mind over matter, isn't it? Mm. You, you think you don't want it to have that cold shower, but once you've done it, you feel amazing because you, you have do. conquered it. You've done it. You can do it. You can do anything you want to do. That's how it makes you feel. I and, agree. And in terms of the physical benefits as well, with your cardiovascular system, you know, I completely believe everything that he's saying in terms of how that mm. helps your cardiovascular system because of what we've done to ourselves in terms of putting clothes on our bodies and being yeah. in these centrally heated houses that you know we our bodies aren't used to so you never get that proper cold effect to be able to give your cardiovascular system the the effect the opportunity the opportunity to adapt to each of your um varying kind of circumstances and it's amazing so I as as I think Lisa's talking about sea swimming because she's trying to make that leap and I want to do it as well but I think oh we should go I'll come down come down (laughs) one day I'd love to it'll be amazing absolutely amazing I started, I started in January, but I have to say, I'm kind of in between in the, I'm going in a wetsuit at the moment. I'm kind of like working my way up in my head. I'm thinking maybe, maybe a costume by April this year. And then maybe if I can continue it through the year, I'll be able to just do the costume next winter. But yeah, one step at a time. It's funny actually, because I decided never to wear a wetsuit 
and do it in a wetsuit and I've stuck by it I now wear maybe gloves and boots uh, and mm-hmm. I have a like a pom-pom hat on but it's the most incredible probably in the last this winter I can now walk into the sea and I don't even think about it I literally you know just take my clothes off have my obviously my swimming costume on and I just walk straight into the sea yeah. and it's almost like there is no um difference but uh, with the water on my skin now it's like I'm just walking into water and I don't even I don't even feel it and I used to get so cold so quickly I was just like I used to think I was totally and utterly pathetic with the cold and now I, I don't feel it so much um but the, other, but the other day I was in the sea and there was a wind blowing and uh, somebody this friend of mine was saying Connie you've got to get out and I was going no it's too cold to get out and this woman walked past me and this hat literally just bundled up going what on earth is going on and she was just I was going the irony probably <laughs> thought you were barking mad but just didn't understand the feeling you get because even with the cold showers I've not gone up to your level yet with the cold showers you have that gasp factor at the beginning but then it's mm. gone and you can't feel it you literally can't feel it and people don't exactly. believe you when you you try and describe and explain what it's like until you know they actually should try it so the effects on your mental well-being and, and your physical health I think are are endless and it and mm. more people should do it yeah and I do that's one of the options I give my clients is they can I'll take them for a, an empowering sea swim and they just and they come out and they're laughing and they just like and I'm like just hold this every time you have a conversation with your ex whatever difficult meeting you have to have just hold the fact that you've done this and you know this is your power and your strength and yeah there's a new craze that's trying to start off at the moment, which I don't think it will catch on, but it's running without your top on. So obviously for when you start away your sports bra, because you're mm. then exposing yourself to the elements. But I don't think it's necessarily the same because as you're running, your core temperature you heat up. Yeah, is changing yeah. anyway. So it's not quite the same. Yeah. I think that's for people that just want to avoid the sea swimming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we think anyway. <laughs> and just talking about the shower really briefly, um, I, I love, I love my baths, obviously, because I've been talking about baths and my shower. And it was more difficult for me to turn a cold shower on in my bathroom because that's like my my cosy place. Comfort, that's my, yeah. my comfort zone than it was to get into the sea. So it's, it's all mind over matter and it's, you know, mm. what's going on. So That's the key. You can do anything as long as you put your mind to it. Totally. I think that's probably yeah. the benefit that people get from you with your coaching that you you teach them and coach them how to change that mindset, whether it was negative or anxious or stressful to something more positive. Yeah. And and that's what you need. I think that's what helps us as lawyers. If, if our clients are someone helping them along the way, because obviously we help them with the legal side, but we can't necessarily help them with the emotional side or the, the, you know, we try and take off as much stress as we can, but we can't change their internal feelings and, and how they feel about a situation. Yeah. So I just think that's so empowering to just give them back, that empowerment with information from lawyers and then with coaching from it is a divorce coach it's just fabulous to just have that double-pronged approach yeah and and for me that is that's what I love as well because I want you know I want them to make best use of you and your time and I I just I think there's nothing more I, I remember being petrified you know, walking into meetings or 
you know, and just thinking, oh God, it would just be so nice to know what to do or how to be or how to, or how to manage my anxiety or my stress. Um, because actually, you know, whether it's mediation or, you know, we, everybody needs to turn up in a, in a good place. And when you've got divorce fog going on and stress and just oh, everything knocked out, the, the stuffing knocked out of you, it's, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's no hard. matter how lovely you both are. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, you know, you can't flick a switch and just make that situation feel instantly better. That's the problem. It, yeah. It's about changing someone's mindset. Mm. Have you seen an upturn during COVID and the pandemic in terms of people's stress and anxiety and, and divorce levels? I have. I think what a lot of people are actually so they're thinking about divorce and they kind of would like to have a kinder, more compassionate divorce. And I think that is where if you can get in there early and put, you know, met, you know, a plan in place rather than kind of getting to the stage where it's not insurmountable, obviously, you know, to come back and find, you know, that peace and that sort of that kindness. But a lot of people are thinking about it and saying, actually, you know, this is what I'm thinking. How can I best address, you know, and have that conversation with the children, with my, you know, my, my spouse and, and people are being a little bit more constructive about it rather than sort of, um, so responding rather than, you know, reacting to um, mm. what's going on. That's but, really important uh, distinction actually, isn't it? Mm. If you get an email, that you have that particular this that something said that you think well that's not right <laughs> and you immediately want to respond to it but you, you are you're reacting then when, whereas actually if you take a step back and you you give it a little bit of time your response can be completely different and then that will get a different response back from it as well mm. much more positive and you, have, and you have that you know you have that opportunity and I talk about you know it's not you don't have to do everything but actually it's about possibilities and opportunities and that feels less sort of onerous and hard to do because sometimes you just don't have any energy to make a better decision it's like you know it's just because it's hard you know but ultimately it's how I think you want to come out of it that yeah. uh, matters and it's holding that yeah yeah absolutely so if somebody would like to contact you for some coaching how can they do that they can email me at tosh at toshbritain.com. I've also got the Dwarves Goddess website as well. So you can have a look around there and find out a bit more about me. Uh, and I'm on Instagram as well at Divorce Goddess. And you can message me on there and there's videos and stuff like that. So if you want to know a bit more, then you can have a look there. And some of your Thank sea swimming you. videos. Oh no, I'm, I'm not. But but I I know. I, I, the funny thing was, he said the photographer said for this paper, he said, "No, you've got to um, I want a dark costume." And I was thinking, well, I don't really have a dark costume anyway. So I said, "Well, I got a dark bikini." And he said, "Uh, well, we haven't got one of those actually." And I was thinking, "Oh, blimey, at the age of fifty-two, getting into it like." honestly well done you so brave but I started running about a week before and I was silently so grateful the fact I'd done that so uh, at least there was a there was a bit of tightening somewhere so 
Oh, well done. You're so brave. We're going to look out for that. Can't wait to see that in the Sunday newspaper. Oh, Thank you nice. so much, Tosh Britton. Please do look at the Divorce Goddesses website. There's a, a mountain of information. So, so helpful. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. If you have any questions or topics you would like covered in a future episode, please email us on family at viscos-law.co.uk. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode or know someone that would, please do feel free to subscribe, review and share on your social media. We would really appreciate the support.